So I saw her. I think she has a drill. She hollowed out the quarter. Oh, snap. That's how she was so good, huh? Right. And that, you know how the quarter has the ridges on the edge? She she smoothed those off to get closer to the wall. Oh, my gosh. You know what? The, the Dremel is missing from my office. <gasps> wow. It all Did fits. cheat us out of quarters? I think your wife stole $1.25 from me. I think we got scammed by Ruckman's wife. What is going on with this Crew 3 podcast? Our most rocking with me as always are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Do you want to say hello? I'm $3 poorer now. Hey. Turns out my wife is really good against the game we made up, but not really made up. Yeah, uh, that might have been uh, one of the highlights of Pro Tour. Uh, <laughs> crew 3 Pro th- Yeah, Pro Tour Crew 3. So I, I think we're in uh, real quick up top. I think we're in for kind of a chill episode this week. I mean, look, Pioneer are firing. Pioneer are going online challenges are filled to the brim with a bunch of Rakdos decks uh so i think we'll just talk about a couple key highlight decks for the challenges not really do our usual breakdown probably until things kind of change i think i think we have uh i think the meta is pretty settled out right now and i think while decks might shift around their placement here and there every week i, I don't think anything's really exciting is going to happen so i think we're just kind of going to go through and pick out a deck here and there going forward so if anyone has if listeners uh, especially Patreon members, if you have sort of topics you want us to discuss for the next few weeks until spoiler season starts, like feel free to chime in. We'll be glad to talk about stuff just to switch things up, take a little bit of a meta break. Like I said, we'll still talk about this cool deck lists. You know, maybe hey, if you want, we'll dive into just a league dump and just talk about all the wild and cool things happening in the leagues. You know what? We're just going to kind of chill this week and uh, we're talking about the RCQ we had going on. Uh, and I kind of want to talk about the state of the design article that got posted today. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I was going to say, speak for yourself uh, about this being a chill episode, because I am furious. I am foaming at the mouth. I am rabid. I can't think of any other metaphors for angry. Okay. Do you, do you want to do you want to start with why? I want to talk about, as you just stated, I want to jump in to the state of design 2022. And I, I will I will preface this by saying I think this is actually a pretty good year for Magic. Um, I think there are a lot of lows that are that are definitely extra frustrating. I think there are some highs when it comes to the design of the cards. I think everything good is like the design of the cards that were good. And then like the bad is everything else, right? Like how they're monetizing things. Um, organized play is as we're seeing with kind of like the lack of judging is unfortunately more missed than yeah. hit. That's not really design though. On that, you're right. That you're end. right. Specifically, I'm just trying to trying to like say that I'm pretty negative on the game a lot. There's a lot of cool things going on. I think sure. on design, you know, I don't know if you want me to highlight what I disagree with or if you want to talk about the document real quickly, what you want to do. Yeah, I, I just kind of want to go through set by set here. I mean, I don't really want to, like, call out everything that they point out, but I do think there are some some key highlights in each of the articles. So if you, for those that don't know, every year uh, Rosewater posts the state of design on Magic and kind of looks back at the new sets that came out because we only got a little blurb about double feature and um double master so the sets that have, don't have cards designed for them obviously don't make it into this uh but i generally think that it's kind of cool to see here here see some of the lessons that they they claim they learn and uh, it, it's kind of interesting because you have to think about that when they do learn these lessons it still takes like two or three years where we see 
the like results of these lessons being learned. So magic's always on like this kind of weird delay on how long it takes for things to change unless like things really drastically need to happen, right? Uh, but I do think these these are kind of good ideas. And I, I do think I, I agree with Chris, like, and I just this article also points out that mechanically, I think this is a good year for magic. 100%. I think that, you know, where I wanted to talk about is really in the very first thing where he mentions highlights. Yeah. And so the first thing I really, really was frustrated by is we, we experimented with how to properly readjust the color plot, uh, color pie. Uh, I think that they have been doing that terribly for about two years now. I think that like green and draft was just insane. Like every card just had fight thrown onto it for whatever reason. And like the green removal mechanic just was like, it just made a lot of draft formats completely unenjoyable for me where I was just like, well, my opponent probably has the green fight spell and there they have it. And I think now I'm seeing in competitive magic, I think white's a little too good when it comes to like the answers they have right now. Like there's just so many good answers and I just do not like that white now doesn't, it doesn't have to like exile with some walkbacks. We just get straight up destruction with like slight drawbacks, you know? And it's like, I, I don't think that's interesting mechanically. I don't think like, Oh, like you get to do the same thing everybody else does, but here's a small drawback. Like that's kind of the black thing, right? Like black is like I do everything but worse. What what card are you talking about? Like with the small drawback? Uh, I'm thinking of like fateful absence where it makes a clue, right? Um, obviously, like the marches all have their like, hey, you can exile things. But if you think about it, right, mm-hmm. source to plowshare, path to exile have always been like your opponent gets some value because you did a thing to them. Right. Sure, I think those are like, you know, hey, white is going to exile, kind of as it has, like most white cards exile. I think the things were like, you know, we're moving into like, oh, let's destroy something, because that's what they're talking about, right? They're talking about like this last year and where white went in the, um, like the vampire sets, right? And things like that. No, I think this is more so talking about where white's going for commander reasons. Sure, sure. Fair enough. Um, I mean, in general, this is like overall magic design. It says highlights, Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, again, I think the thing is like making it more viable puts those cards into standard. So I'm just personally not a fan of like the way they designed the white removal cards. I think they're a little bit too much, a little bit too back to back here. And now it's kind of just uh, kind of just everywhere. But, you know, it, it could just be me, but I, I don't think so. I think the cards are like not super well. I think the white march is like, you know, it's fine. But uh, I particularly dislike Fateful Absence in, in, in calling that kind of like white removal like we're readjusting its 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 color pie place. Like, I, like what else do they do with white that they're super like, excited about? Wandering Emperor. Wandering Emperor. Okay, I mean, like White's had Planeswalkers. I think uh, I, I don't know that that's like too too pushed. I mean, it's it's definitely cool, right? It makes it stronger. I don't have a problem with the Wandering Emperor flavor flavor wise. That's for sure. You know, I, I like I think that like White just like can you think of like can you name the good White cards in Eldraine? In Eldraine? Yeah. Like, can you name the good white cards, like, like you can name the good white cards in Pioneer that were, like, pre-2019, right? You probably name them all in, like, a, you know, in 10 picks, right? Sure. Like, when you think of, like, oh, wow, what a cool, what a good white card that sees a lot of play. It's, like, maybe Gideon, maybe... Well, most of them are humans. I mean, most of them are humans, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, Gideon, uh, all the humans chained to the rocks, right? Like, but like Siege you know, Rhino. Siege Rhino as a white card. All right. <laughs> but, like, you know, we got things like Welcoming Vampire, which, is like, while it's not seeing a lot of play or anything, right, it was a way for white to draw cards. Also, like, Wedding Invitation. 
is like a really interesting way white gets card advantage where it's like if you don't have creatures you get creatures but if you already have creatures you get to draw some cards mm-hmm. and then like you have as i said like we've seen wandering emperor is kind of like the new standard of like how powerful a planeswalker can be cards like yorian if you want to count gold cards like yorian being white is kind of like insane right yeah and what are like so like the big commander cards i mean you think of like what was that new one like fate folk hero or whatever like there's also just a bunch of new ways to give like white more card advantage in commander and to me that's what like this this section is really calling out because if you see like you know yeah this place more obvious in white for years it was the fifth colored commander to me like this is just like yeah now i i agree that i think some white cards are being very good as a side effect of, hey, we got to put these good white cards out somewhere. Right. I definitely think it's more so in the commander sphere than anything. Like Brutal Cathar is insane. Yeah. Yeah, like, I like. I mean, I like. Uh, I like Brutal Cathar. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think like there's a lot of things here where I'm like, oh look, like they obviously made a push to make good white cards, and like that's not an argument for me. It's just that. Here he is trying to say, like, oh, we're doing cool things with a color pie. It's like, eh, like, pushing a color, is it to me, like, uh, I don't see anything that white's done, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's, like, really unique in white. It's like, oh, you gave white, like, some strong abilities from other colors, you know? Or the well, cards that, that are because, good. Because that's that's kind of the, des- like, that's the design they want, though. They don't want, they want every color to kind of be able to do a similar thing in their own way. Sure. Well, I've got a I've got a petition on change.org going, so I need all of the listeners to go sign my petition to say uh, to not do it. You know, I don't I don't understand. Like of all the white cards I would ever think to complain about, Fateful Absence is not the one I would ever complain about. It's so fair. Yeah, I th- I think that here here's the statement. Right? Uh, right, we experimented with how to properly adjust the color pie. The most obvious place in white. It, it goes on from there. Right. My my point is not that like, you know, uh, this is the end all be all uh, of white cards. It's that I didn't see white in like a unique way that I was like, oh, look at this cool thing they did. I think there are some strong cards, but I think a lot of stuff that they did was just like, eh, like they did with green was just like, hey, let's just do this thing that we did and just like push these cards. You know, let's because just- again, because again, you're, you're thinking of readjust to move a color in a no, like a novel way. Their readjust was. Yeah, white's been really lacking and should be able to do things some of the other colors do just as well, but in its own way. Right. Yep. It was it was just let's push white cards, and uh, that that to, that to me is not properly readjusting the color pie. You know. Yeah. But again, it's for commander. True. It just happens that like as a side effect, some of those cards leak into standard legal stuff. This is fair. I do think that they on the lessons on the overall. Uh, he says we need to be more uh, conscious about backwards compatibility. I think that's a great lesson. I think a lot of people and and what they're mostly here they're pointing out is the uh, the commander once again. Well, I, the, the day and night, sure about backwards compatibility. We're like the new werewolf cards don't play with yeah. the old werewolf cards, and I was like, oh, that's like a good thought as far as like we're learning from some of these uh, from some of these things. You know, I just I just once again I think at least the general thing that gets me that. It definitely is like, yeah, the whole general side of this document that before they get into the specific sets definitely feels like here's everything we learned about Commander going forward. Like I, when I see like we need to be conscious of backwards compatibility in the air quotes eternal world, to me that's not like we need to be worried about how cards affect legacy and modern. We need to be worried about how they affect Pioneer. Yeah. Sure. I think that like I'm very excited about a lot of this document, honestly. Yeah, I think because so. actually they they point out a lot of uh, 
you know, hey, I think we messed up these limited formats and here's why. And just like expressing like how much I didn't like, and I, like last year, I loved every single limited format we had. I loved them all. And then like this year, it's just been like, I liked Midnight Hunt quite a bit, but like Crimson Vow sucked. And then like Kamigawa was amazing, but I couldn't get my friends to sit down and play it with me because it was so complicated and they were newer to the game. Right? So like that I agree that there was a complexity issue. I loved it personally, right? But uh it was way too complex for some magic players. And uh I I think with Kamigawa, I at least what I saw is that it's very it's it's complex you're coming into it. But Kamigawa, I've saw like several players who are relatively new to the game pick it up. And I think once they wrapped their head around what each color did, like they were just like having a hell of a good time in draft. I just feel like it did get like way overly complicated really fast. Yeah. It was tough to keep track of. Like I remember the, the pre-release was was fun, but there was definitely a lot of interactions that took some time to kind of get your head around with like enchantment creatures and um, like some of the ninjutsu effects, right, that were going on, which could, can kind of be tough with some of the other cards. Not to mention throwing in with some, with some two-headed giant action. So Also like Anvil? Yeah. That's an uncommon in that format. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You can get multiples of those. Yeah, I did get multiples of those. <laughs> I loved that limited format. Um, and then New Capenna, they mentioned that it's a three-color set where the, all the best cards are single color. And so there was no incentive to go three colors. Like, unless you got some sick bomb, but even then, you just splashed your third color. Like, it was just like, why Why are these three color cards? I'm going to play my Spars Adjudicator in my Cabaretti deck, because it plays itself. Right, exactly. And, like, it doesn't matter, because I've got, like, three Jewel Thief and three of the Angel that draws a card and is a 2-1 flyer and gains me a life. So, you know tough yeah i will say uh <laughs> i do like them calling out yeah we kind of like punted double feature and weren't really clear oh, about what the heck God. that set was yeah and also like yeah you know people were mad that we didn't have re- good reprints in commander legends like i do like i do enjoy that one of their big takeaways and i think it's very good that one of their big takeaways is like hey we need to communicate our prog- products better because, yeah, like so many times they just like didn't uh, really tell us what was in stuff, didn't tell us where cards were findable. Uh, what is a neon ink rare? How many are there? Oh, only one? Like, that's about $500 for you. You know, it's just like there's so much stuff. I remember like so many times I'm like, okay, but like, what do I get in a set booster and what do I get in a collector booster? And it's just like, there are set boosters cool you know and i don't know just like so much stuff like i think they need to get really better at their products i'm glad that none of the alchemy stuff is on here right because that's the arena play design article right Mm -hmm. i could talk for ages about how uh we've taken the best way to play magic the gathering online and uh turned it into a absolute uh ish show yeah you know with alchemy yeah. And uh, I'm sorry, LSV, you bragging about the sweet alchemy draft you just did to win $2,000. Uh, 
uh, in between NFT trading is not going to get me to play Alchemy Draft in any yeah. form or fashion. Yeah, I think I think this group here has played more uh, Master Duel in the last like three weeks than uh, than Arena. Like with with RCQs coming up, right? Like it's just not an effective way to prepare really like you can play a lot of magic but we've been playing more master you know can we we prefer to master duel as a group so you can play explorer but it's not pioneer so it's not going to prep you for the rcq right right hey we got 20 cards i I got a text message from a buddy of mine who uh today who was like i've been playing so much zombie rally in explorer q like after my article (laughs) yeah and he's just like He's like, it might not be a top tier deck in Pioneer, but I'm having a whole lot of fun in Explorer with it because yeah. they put Rally in the into yeah. the game. Yeah, real real quick though to finish off talking about this article, um, I just kind of want to go over the mechanics again. Um, Decayed, Disturbed, Day and Night. I like Decayed. Disturbed was great. Whether or not it needed to be the Spirits mechanic to me was a disappointment because I lost the possibility of like good spirits right in pioneer from from that set Mm -hmm. uh what do you what do you think of those mechanics um decayed is cool yeah um it's really exciting because it lets you put a lot of cardboard on the table for not a lot of mana and then you can find really good interesting ways to utilize that cardboard the the amount of times i got to use the word cardboard velocity uh when talking about magic in sets this year Uh uh-huh very very fun uh, I hate day and night. Day and night. <laughs> what? What? Oh man, day and night is like it's like day it's and kind night. of it, it, it's it's funny to me how like simple it is. Yet it's just like people just still get it wrong. Just like all right, cool. Like like in the RCQ this weekend, I'm playing the graveyard trespasses. Right, and it's just like. Uh, I pass my turn and my opponent's like, okay, you're at step. I'm going to fatal push your guy. And I'm like, okay, cool. Move to your turn. It's nighttime now. Right. Like, no, it's not. I cast a spell on your turn. Like, doesn't matter. I didn't. Right. Right. And it's funny because, like, I liked that. It was just weird with, like, the werewolves not – like, they almost just needed to update the old ones, you know? Yeah. Something like that. Because I, I, really I like the thing where it's like – I think, to me, mm-hmm. day and night is what I think – uh, unfortunately, we're going to see a lot more design space of, and I don't like it, and it is design space for mechanics that are complicated in paper but super easy in Arena. Arena t- keeps track of your day or night. doesn't really matter, right? I, It'll just flip for you. Yeah, I, th- I think it will be easy to – I think it would be fine if we didn't already – if we already weren't used to two sets, like two blocks worth of werewolves that will work an entirely different way. Right. I'm the monarch. I'm the monarch. Nice. But do you have Let the initiative? Uh, I play with power. Mm, okay. Um, uh, I, all right. I thought Disturb was fine. Yeah. Uh, what we got here? Crimson Vow. We got Blood was good, but Training Cleave and Exploit were not. Uh, in all honesty, like, who remembered Exploit was in Crimson Vow? There's yeah, this really okay. cool four mana flash 3 3 flyer. Yeah, and uh-huh. I really want it to be good. Counters a spell. It counters a spell or an ability mm-hmm. uh, when you exploit it, and I want that card to be good so bad. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, I thought that Cleave was very cool, but very dumb at the same time. It did make Indicate funnier, uh-huh. which is one of my favorite magic memes. 
So uh, any way to make indicate funnier is a win in my book. <laughs> I will say I had a do- I as I made fun of the werewolves, I had a double take this weekend when uh, I remember Dragon Lord Gargaroth cast the cleave spell. I'm like, okay, hold on, how does this work again? You cleaved it, so everything's dead now. All right, yeah, man, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, blood mechanic was really good. Blood is such oh my gosh, blood is so good. What do I do with all this blood? I thought it was. Don't bad let them food. take the focus away that their like master mythic from that set did absolutely nothing. What master mythic? That, the one that doesn't exist. The one that like came into play and just made you a bunch of blood tokens and it got like abilities for your blood tokens or something like that. What's that stupid card? Oh no, that's a Audric. rare. Audric. Yeah. Audric, that's right. Audric, yeah. Well yeah. oh, he comes into play and for every ability you have in play, he makes a blood. Nice. He doesn't perfect. gain any abilities. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, but uh, blood was really good. Uh, training is the worst mechanic I've like ever seen. Now, he's seen banding. It sees it sees hopeless uh, or helpful initiate right hopeful initiate, yeah, and that's it. But training is this cool mechanic where if you play bad creatures, you can hopefully play slightly better creatures to make them better creatures. <laughs> Mentor was infinitely better, and I don't think it's very hard to see that. Like, it's just like, you play a creature, and it can make your smaller creatures curve into the into the mid to late game. Hey, Chris, I want you to know, they call out Odric. They say vampires need to be better. The two biggest complaints were a lot of dissatisfaction with Odric, as he was a popular character with a mostly unplayable card, and the absence of a legendary three-color vampire. Oh, there we go, there we go. You got, I was literally looking at the article and I didn't see that. So it's you got funny. Edgar. Yeah, Edgar's dope. Vampire stands. Can you shut up for a little bit? You got Edgar. Remember when that guy was just wrecking stuff? Yeah, guy was good. Guy was good. He just doesn't ever die. What do we do? We get anything new? What do we get in Kamigawa? Uh, Reconfigure Saga channel. creatures. Channel coming back. Channel. Jutsu. Channel very good. Channel is dope. Uh, uh, reconfigure and the saga creatures, excellent. Uh, I think we can all agree that Fable of the Mirror Breaker is a gross, disgustingly broken card, as is uh, Kumano faces Kakazan. Oh yeah, I liked having warriors, or sorry, like sam- the samurai warrior and the rogues and ninjas thing. That's something I wish, like Chris talked about the werewolves, like they would go back and just make a thing. I, I enjoyed that. Like it was just like okay. Since we know there's not samurai tribal in every set, all our samurais are samurai warriors, and they all care about being samurai and warrior. Yeah. That was nice. I liked that. That being said, um, it's weird to have, like, in such a complex set, you know, like, randomly a tribal mechanic was super weird. Like, when all the other things that are happening are so different, deep and complex, right? Like, reconfigure vehicles, like, uh, enchantments, uh, wanting to have enchantments and artifacts, a random cycle of cards that want you to only play one color and they need four pips of that color. Um, and then just, like, randomly and, like, I don't know, tribal samurai. And it was just kind of, like, weird. I'm not gonna yeah. play that one. <laughs> well, at least ninjutsu doesn't really feel like tribal... Because you have to play ninjutsu enablers, right? If they're if they yeah. are ninjas, it's fine. It the deck doesn't really care if it's a ninja or not. They just want you to play like cards that are enablers for ninjutsu and cards with good ETBs. 
like the like the best ninjutsu card is like the that two mana the two mana bug or the two mana or the three mana helicopter like the one one helicopter when it comes to play it's a pilgrim's eye yeah and then uh you can attack ninjutsu it out replay it get another land or the bug that makes your opponent discard a card uh-huh so you weren't really needing ninjas you just needed like cards that you wanted to put back in your hand and replay yeah and then like i will say the one downside of the creature sagas is that just like oh no they don't all ha- they all don't get to, to attack as soon as they flip yeah that was a little difficult to learn yeah yeah that was i was real necessary when you look at fable the mirror breaker though that that card was uh Hi. I literally didn't know it until they showed me that common green one that had haste. Yep. And that's when I was just like, wait a minute. Why does this have haste? Right. And then then it hit me. Where's the caveman? Where is the caveman? If he's in there and I'm out here. I would have had such a sick turn against Ricky had had, uh, Fable had haste. You tried to do it anyway. (laughs) No, I honestly, I just forgot that it flipped that turn. Yeah, there was a lot of play that happened in between... The flip, and then when you got to your main phase two. Yeah. But hey, I got to play the world's best K command. You did. Uh, yeah. There's not many good K commands, in, in my opinion, in this format, so. Yeah. All right. Uh, what we got left? Nukapenna. Cool. Uh, I like that one of the lessons they learned was we didn't call them triumphs. Oh, my Even God. that set was just pretty. I, I just didn't think that set was very good. Like,. Yeah, it had some strong cards, but I think it missed pretty much everywhere. We were all memeing about the the Halo the entire time, and it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, the I think that's one of their big like. We need to be careful how we like sell our products, right? The whole like, oh wait, you thought this was drugs? It's definitely not drugs. Hundred percent. Like, wink, wink. Okay, and it's not alcohol either. And it's like, shut up. I don't care. It's drugs now. It's now cocaine, and Elspeth's been doing lines, and I, I can't not think that. And if the angels are dead, why are they here winning the pennant? <laughs> yeah, if the angels are dead, why is this stupid common beating me in draft every time? <laughs> because, Ricky, uh, you would know that at the end of the story led to the angels coming back. Uh, I don't care. Th- there's still a magic story. I thought that like ended when we shipped it all to China. No, it's still going. Wow. They're doing more magic story now, actually. Now they have, like, you get the main story, and then you get, like, here's all the random side characters, which, honestly, the side character ones are always better because they actually are a contained story and not just, like, maybe we'll catch, maybe we'll pick this back up at some point. Right. Uh, yeah. Commander Legends, Baldur's Gate, who cares? They, like, <laughs> draft's cool, like that, you know, whatever. You weren't going to talk about the, the, the mechanics in Capenna? Uh, yeah, what were the, like... There weren't even mechanics. Like, oh. okay, but yeah. Casualty. So I love how they say mo- most most popular faction mechanic was shield because they're gross. Uh, Blitz. Uh, I love Blitz. We talk Blitz about is a great mechanic. The best mechanic is shredding ledgers. The best is sh- definitely this, shredding ledgers. There's this really cool card called Ledger Shredder. Shredder. And they, they printed a mechanic just for this card called Connive. It's not on any other cards. <laughs> Only on Ledger I don't Shredder. Know. I think Rafine's Informant has that. And Rafine herself, yes. Yeah. But no, nothing else has it. It's just yeah, Ledger yeah. Shredder. Um, man. But can I counter Casualty? Oh my god, you Ooh. can, though. Wow. Yeah, yeah. 
you can counter both copies if you want to. That's why that card that was, exists. That that was wild. We're not going to really get into that because uh, why not? It was nice. It was chill. We can talk. I mean, we can talk about okay. it when we get to the talk of the event. But I, I yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Can I have casualties? Cool. Uh, a lot. What was it? Alliance. Was that Alliance uh, is just creatures coming into play, which is kind of funny. They just named yeah. like whenever a creature comes into play. Alliance. But Alliance is very powerful. Read my article. <laughs> Read it. It's out. I, I finally came I out. Talk about, I talk about Alliance a lot. And now That's the right. progression series will come out. <laughs> now the progression series will in fact come out. All right. Any other thoughts on the state of current design before we move on? Um, where's my American Dragon Jake Long secret lair? Ah, well, you see, uh, you have to talk to the Disney refs first. Uh, also, real quick before we move on and talk about a couple of these, these, uh, these challenge decks, we're going to talk about RCQs. Uh, the Pioneer Challenger decks are now delayed until uh, November 4th of this year. Uh, Wizards, let me give you a quick idea. Every release date you currently have, just push it back two weeks. Like... I don't think it matters. I, I think this is a good. This is good for Pioneer Coin. Real talk. Yeah. They were going to come out in October, like right after the RTQ season is over of Pioneer. Yeah. Right. Who cares? Right. Uh-huh. Now they come out in November, and you can buy them as Christmas gifts uh, for all your loved ones and force them to play Pioneer with you. I think, like, literally, if it couldn't come out during RTQ season. It didn't matter when it came out, as long as it wasn't sure. before, like as long as it's sometime before the next Pioneer RTQ season. So I think it's fine getting pushed back to November. Who cares? I can get behind that. With everything being delayed at this point, it feels like just push your release schedule back like two weeks. At least, uh, at least Wizards isn't getting as uh, messed up by these pushbacks as Digimon. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, a Digimon set got delayed so hard. That when it came out, it was only allowed to be the format for two weeks before the next set came out, and oh, then wow. that, and then that set got to be in front of the format for three weeks till the next set came out. We're now no longer delayed in Digimon, so the next set's not coming out until like October. But like literally over the course of five weeks, we had three sets come out, <laughs> uh, all of which, of course, hugely changing the meta, and then a banning. And it's just like, it's like set, two weeks, set, three weeks, set. All right, now we're banning cards. <laughs> That's so wild. Uh, and then also, we know the next RCQ season will be standard. And uh, they showed off the new promos, which are going to be Gideon Alley of Zendikar, Selfless Spirit, and Thraben Inspector. And uh, I'm not a big fan of the Gideon art. I think the Gideon art's pretty memeable. But the Selfless Spirit of Thraben Inspector, I will be buying play sets off. For sure. But, like, um, how, why are there three promos now? Um, I don't know, actually. So, at, at RCQs, right? So, those have to be, like, a game day or something, right? Because, like... No, they're the RCQ. Weird. Because, like, you get a participation promo, right? Like, that's the Lava Spike yeah. we got, right? And then Top 8 yeah. got Nykthos. And then the winner got a Foil Nykthos. So, the only thing is that... If it's the same kind of formula, then we can imagine that the Gideon is either the participation promo for, like, the actual big event that you qualify for. Sure. Or 
there's only one Gideon in each event. Well, because what is it? It's Teferi and you go play in the event, right? You get a Teferi if you go to the event? Yeah. I thought the, I thought the promos say. were getting worse. I thought you got, like, a three-minute inspector for attending. Yeah, but that's fine. Like, what are you going to do with the Lava Spike, right? True. Play it in Popper. In Popper. There you go. But, like... I still think the the modern game day or whatever where they gave out Flame Slash as their promo was, like, the biggest just, like, miss. And then on top of that, uh, they showed in the art Tarmogoyf getting killed by Flame Slash, uh, which means that Wizards just doesn't know what modern is. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so yeah, so so it is right. So, um, Three of Inspectors replacing Lava Spike, mm-hmm. Selfless Spirits replacing Nykthos, mm-hmm. and then when you just go play at regional championships... Participants get Gideon, and then top finishers get the foil. Okay, see, there it is. So, uh, there's a Teferi like hero. I'm assuming if we if you actually win the RTCQ and go go to Atlanta. Yeah, there's yeah. You get the Teferi if you just go to Atlanta. And it, it is Teferi hero, right? I believe yeah, Teferi hero. Nice. Let me double check that because Reddit will just complain if I am wrong by one thing. Reddit's going to complain anyways. Yeah, Teferi Hero of Dominaria foil non-foil for regional championship participants and just full of top finishers. Of course, though, this is just the regular printing of Teferi. There's like nothing special. Like it's just the card. There's no like new art or anything. It just has the promo star. Nice. Still cool. Who cares. It's still cool. It's still a good card. Yeah. Man, I could have had one of those, but I was a failure. It's okay. Do you, uh, do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about that now, or do you want to talk about a couple uh, challenge decks real quick? Uh, let's talk about the RCQ. All right, let's talk RCQ. Let's talk RCQ. So, a nice little group of six of us, my wife included. She did not play though. Uh, she played Court Against Watch. She sure. played. Yeah, that's. Just, she played us. She she did play us. She hustled us. Uh, we we all we all took a trip to Waco to celebrate uh, Chris and our friend Nate's birthdays. Played some Pioneer and had a good time. So yeah, who? Uh, what do you want to start? You want to? How do we want to do this? You want to talk about just our little personal records? Like, how do we want to talk about this? Literally two minutes after we left the restaurant in my car, uh huh, I was just like so upset because we definitely should have told them it was Nate and Chris's birthday because that place would have gone absolutely wild for a birthday. Like I could tell. Oh, the restaurant? Dude, yeah. Like, they would have been up on up on sawhorses getting sang at loudly. Get the, get the, get the sombreros out. I can't out. believe we didn't do that. My least favorite thing in the is world? That. Yeah. Is that. It's <laughs> one of my least favorite things in this world is being <laughs> sung at randomly by people who are, like, forced to do it because it's their job. Uh, especially as somebody who, again, like, has spent a long time, like, managing businesses uh, that are like retail, right? That are customer facing. Oh man, I can't tell you it. It is like not like a funny thing to me. It genuinely drives me insane, and uh, and I do not appreciate it. So I am glad they didn't. I'd never tell. Like even on my, it's like me and the wife. I never tell them it's my birthday. You know, man, you never, you never, you never complained when I sang to you. 
No, if it's like one person, it's different. Again, a restaurant that will quietly bring you a little cheesecake and a candle and let you celebrate with your family, I'm all about. But the whole like, put on a sombrero, uh, we're going to put glue on you and then uh, have you stand in front of a fan with like feathers then (laughs) sprayed across the fan to end up all over your body. We're going to damage your credit score. Here's a child for your now responsibility. This is like an average Chewy's experience. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, I I like Roadhouse because they'll make you sit on the sawhorse. I don't like horses. Well, no, okay. Horses anyways. are great. Don't tell Dallas guy you said that. Yeah, take back, take it never. back, horse people. I would never. I everybody loves uh, everybody loves horse guy. So anyways. unless unless your horse girls out there listening, that's true. Y'all are weird. Y'all are too into horses. You're too into horses, right? You need, you need to tone it down a little bit. But horse well, we guys love to play horse. some pioneer. Yeah, we played some decks. I think Chris's deck is still top secret. NASA's is still it? decoding it. Yeah. I think Chris is changing decks, so he can talk about his deck if he wants to. Right. Yeah, the deck the deck I just played was Esper Grease Fang, and uh, it, it led me to ninth on Breakers, mostly thanks to uh, Ian, who actually had a really a really good um, showing, kind of um, you know uh, for the last round. So we ended up three and two, ninth on Breakers, the most disappointing finish out of the bunch. But I think I learned a lot, and I think that you know, unfortunately, because of my birthday, I didn't have as much time to prepare as I kind of wanted to. Um, and so I, I definitely made a little mistake in, in deck building. I wasn't playing enough one mana removal and it definitely cost me. And if I was, I think I would have top aided, but I do not think that Esper Grace Fang is the deck. Um, I think as you know, we'll talk about the top decks as we kind of go through this. Cause I think it's, it's going to be pretty obvious what, what our advice is going to be to look out for in the coming weeks and what you need to be prepping for. I think there's some pretty clear favorites out there. So three and two for me and, uh, had a lot of fun and uh, again would would do it again but probably with a different deck you will do it again you will do it again uh because i mean what what uh what appointments are you guys gonna go to so i've got uh i'm probably gonna play on the sunday the 14th i've got one on sunday the 21st and if chris comes down i'm either i'm probably gonna play on the 27th of this month yo i'm gonna try to make the 27th too if, if i don't qualify at the one uh at dragon's Lair on the 20th yeah, I'll, I'll be there on the twenty seventh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll make it happen. We'll do it because I because I don't think I'm going to play in the one on the tenth because I really don't want to feel like driving out of town for another one. Uh, but I think all the other ones I'm probably for sure going right. to play in. I was going to play on the tw- on the thirteenth, but I think I'm out now on that one. But uh, yeah, it's okay. So I, it's fine though. So I mean, I guess I guess it's my turn to talk about records. Right. So. Uh, I piloted Rakdos Midrange. It's not a secret. Um, I've posted my list on on Twitter already and stuff like that. Um, and I, I'm not a, fr- I'm like, I'm not super worried that if um, I do keep playing the deck, people are going to, you know, be like, I know you're 75, like cool, whatever, like thumbs up, man. Yeah. Like there aren't that crazy many differences in my, between my deck list and like the stock deck list, but I, I do kind of like writing it up. So I went three, one, one in Swiss locking top eight, uh, after drawing in with our friend Nate, uh, of course, I went up against Ricky, round one of top eight, and uh, my deck just kind of, you know, I, I think we had, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about it after Ricky goes over it, but I think we had a really good match. I uh, I just, you know, didn't draw the right things. And my loss in Swiss was, honestly, I think my loss in Swiss was just the most disappointing thing of all, the whole the whole day, just because I, it was a matchup with Blue Light Control, a matchup that I think uh, generally is pretty favorable, right? Uh, for Rakdos mid range, and then I just proceeded to draw, uh, 
zero lands in both of my games. And uh, yeah, we just got dumpstered on. So that was uh, that was pretty rough. But I definitely I like my I like my main board pretty pretty stock. Uh, I do believe Croxa. Uh, I I'm sorry. I believe Obnixilis is like I've been enjoying it way more than Croxa right now. Uh, I think Croxus kind of doesn't do a whole lot, especially when, you know, Graveyard's just going to keep getting bombed out. So it's just like the odds you're going to get to replay Croxa are pretty low, whereas Omnixus just gains so much value if you get to land it right. Um, and then I do like my sideboard lineup here, um, jamming the Hazard, the extra Soren. Hitsu consumes all, I think, is a card a lot of people will just forget about. I think it's very good right now in a lot of matchups. Uh, but yeah, I, you can go see my 75 on Twitter. I was very happy with where I ended up and Fable of the Mirror Breaker was an all-star throughout the entire weekend for me. Um, I've recognized the card is very good. I've been playing this deck a bunch, sort of at my locals, but I feel like this weekend more than anything, uh, Fable was just the standout all-star for the deck list for me. Uh, Ricky, what, what about you? How do you feel? I played mono red. I went X one and one. I actually... Uh, I think I gaslighted myself. I thought I drew with you, but I drew with somebody else to get. Yeah, in. I drew with Nate. I yeah, drew with Nate. Yeah, I was like, I was like, then I drew well, with Ruckman, we, and then we battled each other. But well, actually, we, we were talking. Yeah, we were. Well, we were talking before, and we thought we were going to get paired up. Right. But with the way that all the the points worked out, it was kind of awkward that it just didn't happen. I think had it been a slightly bigger tournament, mm-hmm. then we would have paired against each other. But because of the amount of people that played each other already we ended up not getting paired. Right. So Drew into top eight, ended up uh, playing against Ruckman. Uh, awkwardly same record, and I had the fourth seed, you had the fifth seed. Yeah. Rough. I mean, I guess essentially Watsy flipped the coin for us, right? <laughs> yeah. Again, I, I'm not going to say I could have, I would have won our, because I, I hate being like, well, if I would have seen this, I would have won the match, right? Uh, but I do think that if I could have answered... Um, one of your sideboard cards. So I believe game one. Yeah. I believe what happened, and I'm not really sure. I think you kept Flipland Haunted Ridge, and then you played your Flipland on red, and then you drew your one of Mountain. Is that what happened? No. Because you played it on red, and then, like, on your next turn, you, like, flipped it over. Like, you seemed very, like, I, I don't, uh, you know, the game was over. I had like the sickest start. I had the sickest start because I played, I played Swift Spear into like double Kumano. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like putting you to fourteen after my turn two. Yeah. And you you thought a long time on turn one before playing a flip land on red. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I I honestly don't remember that portion of it. I I don't remember. If, I don't think it was a color issue. I think I just got stuck on two lands. Right. That, that was the only thing. That was what I thought. I assumed, like, you kept, like, Haunted Ridge uh, Flipland. Yeah. And, like, so, or Blood Crypt Flipland or something, and you just, uh, you played it on red because the majority of your lands are black, and because I, I remember you showed me the mountain. Yeah. You showed me the mountain, so I was, like, it looked like... No, I showed, I showed you the mountain because I had gone, like, three turns without a third land. Oh. Right. That makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. But uh and then in game I, two... I, I definitely wouldn't I definitely wouldn't have played the back side of the path I wouldn't have played the red side on pathway with a dual land in hand. I forget what it was, but I just I like there was definitely a land problem with that first game. And then in game two, 
We saw the true operating power of Fable of the Mirror Breaker. As I think you discarded three, you discarded like three lands and a thought seize or something like that and drew four gas cards. Yeah. Chapter two is the real gas of that card. Yeah. And then we had the very good um, K command play. Yeah, the very good K command play. And uh, which, which I, I that... love you guys think I love I love like you and Nate like thinking I had the most next level play possible when I'm just like I'm just in desperation mode of just like how can I get the most out of this K command right right uh, the well I thought it would have been like super because super... the the board the board the board had just really stalled out at that point so Ricky had a a flipped Kamano a Bone Crusher Giant and two Cemetery Gatekeepers both on land. Both on land, which is why pitching the lands to Fable of Earbreaker were Instead so... Instead of taking so, four for playing yeah. land. Yeah, we had five lands to play. We didn't need any more. Um, so then my board was Kalidus, my own Bone Crusher, a zombie, and a goblin token from It was Fable? just the goblin token. There was no zombie yet. There was no zombie yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you attacked... You attacked... With Kalidus and the token, but not yes. your Bone Crusher. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And so I put you on, like, you have push, but nothing has left the battlefield. So you wanted to you wanted to lose the token to first strike damage in order to turn on Revolt and then, like, push my my bone crusher giant. Yeah. That was going to block Kalidus. So that if I had like, if I had double blocked first strikers on your Kalidus, I would also would have just like gotten one push. And anyways, after a lot of math and a lot of like, uh, you know, the poison cup game from princess bride. Yeah. So the, the uh, attack there from, from my perspective was I'm like, so I'm si- I know I'm sitting on K command. My plan is I have a blood tithe harvest in the yard. I'm just going to buy that back, kill one of your first strike guys because my guess was I was just going to were- double block the first strikers on Kalidus. Yeah, or you were going to do what you did in triple block, right? And so my thought was like, well, I can attack with this goblin if you because I I know you're going to like put the first strikers in front of Kalidus to try to get Kalidus off the board, right? Like right. I figured that was your play, so. It's just like, too scary. Well, there's no way there's no way yeah. you swing in with Kalidus like that into the four first strike if you have a way to like if you don't have a way to kill one of them, right? Yeah. So I just have to like I can't I just can't try to take that yeah. value play. But so, then I got scared that taking taking the free goblin token was also like a misplay. I was just like terrified. That whole play was yeah. terrifying. Yeah, so my thought was like, you you triple block the Kalidus, and I get the treasure token that puts me up to six. So like, if we can't like later on in the game, I could like activate a man land and like play a push or something like that, um, or I could like potentially double spell. Uh, but like the big or I I think I'd, I knew I was gonna get a blood token. But anyway, so the whole thing was like, I, we attack with the goblin. I just wanted the treasure. And that way, if you also block with Kamano, I just, like, clear your board, essentially. Uh, but if not, then I get two damage off your Chandra, which I'm just trying to keep off of ultimate range. Yeah, keep her off seven. So it was, like, 
the goblin's either going to take two off of Chandra, or we're, I was going to trade with your Kamano, and I think either way was fine with me. So hey, the only thing I knew you didn't have was a Dreadbore, because if you had a Dreadbore, you were just going to Dreadbore Chandra. Yeah, a hundred percent. Right. Chandra was like a so good all day. Yeah, it's insane. Um, but uh, I get, and then I got to play a rematch against a blue-white control player. I will say there was a lot of blue-white control at this event. A lot of it. I think that 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 deck is kind of funny. I think it's a good deck, right? Yeah. But um, I'm sure it's people tell me it's a good deck. Every time I play it, though, uh, it just never wants to work. I feel like it's a highly skill level based deck. And on top of that, um, blue white control players and y'all can at me if I'm wrong, but I'm right. So I don't think you're going to at me. Uh, You guys just think that every matchup is your good matchup. (laughs) It doesn't matter. And maybe it's just you get infuriated by Unga Bunga. I played mountains, right? But like. That's a matchup I like. I don't think it's, like, my best matchup by far. Like, I'm pretty sure if you draw two Emperor, I'm going to lose, right? Four lands, yeah. two Emperor, you'll probably win that match, but or that game. But I, I like my chances in that, in that matchup. But every blue-white control player seems, like, gravely offended when I win a game against them as mono-red. And I just feel like, historically, that's not the matchup you're winning. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the uh, decks that come off too aggressive, like, the the one reason I think that, that control will, will struggle and it's not the top of everything is decks that just present more threats and have answers, like, they just right. lose. And that's kind of the problem with any control deck right now in the format, I think, is, like, white's just got insane answers. You don't need to play other colors. So, like, blue-white's definitely it. But your card draw's a little lacking. Like, your, your answers are the best of kind of any format, right? A lot of the answers you see here are the same answers you see in modern, um, except for, obviously, like, prismatic ending kind of threw a, a wrench into it. But before that, you saw tons of fatal push. You still do see some fatal push. Um, and then, of course, besides the, the elementals and stuff like that. But the answers are insane. So the card draws what's lacking. And so when you kind of run out of ways to kill your opponent's cards, you're, you're in trouble. And that's one thing red does, right? It's just throw threat after threat after threat and have some finishers. So like, I think that I think like, you know, um, the only reason heroic's not the best against it is because like their specific threats matter, but just throwing a bunch of threats at control has done well to kill it. Uh, I think they're also, a card so, they're also so many good man lands right now that right. just dodge all the wraths. Right. 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 Very true. In fact, I honestly want to see Wrath as a red player. Um, yeah. You know, I've got haste creatures and I've got man lands and I've got burn spells, right? If your turn four is a Wrath, then I know that I'm resolving whatever stupid nonsense my next turn, right? If you just leave your mana open and I swing into the stupid Emperor, uh, it's the most frustrating. Like, I, Is it wor- is there a worse feeling than uh, getting settled? It's way worse than getting settled. I thought about settle a few times, right? There were times where I was like, uh-huh. I was like, if I swing in and he and I get settled, right? And I'm like, no. What's worse is if I swing in and they play Emperor, eat one guy, gain two life, untap, make a samurai. Yeah, I'm just so far behind, you know. Get on good. So like, I was just like, there were times where I'm like, I can't attack. I was like, I was like, the board is empty, but they've left up four mana. And if I swing for two damage and they slam in an Emperor and gain two life here, I lose so much ground. Yeah. And like, I just have to like not attack, which feels really dumb and unintuitive in the red deck. But I was like, I just need 
I need them to make I need to make my Chandra matter as a threat, right? They need to remove Chandra before they can start messing with other stuff and by not attacking here doesn't allow them to like flash in Emperor, make Samurai gain life, you know. Do all the nonsense, so. Sure. And then uh, what happened in finals, Ricky? It's probably my worst matchup. So I personally think that Pioneer, and I don't think there's a tier list anymore. Personally, I think Pioneer is this circle. Uh-huh. Uh, what you have in this circle is you have Mono Green. And Mono Green beats up on Rakdos. All forms of Rakdos, right? And, uh, and Mono Green gets beaten by the Charmander of the format, which is any hyper-aggressive deck. And uh, both of the Rakdos decks have really good matchups against these hyper-aggro decks, but specifically against Mono Red, the Sack version, where you gain so much life with Obnixilis and cat tokens that block, and, like, you punish me for playing my own creatures with Claim the Firstborn. Like, I think it's literally the worst matchup I could have ever hoped for in a finals. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, I think that currently, like, if you're thinking, like, oh, do I play Sack or do I play, like, mid-range? Um, if you think there's more control, you play mid-range. And if you think that there's more aggressive decks that aren't mono-green, then you play Sack. And if you think there's mono-green coming in droves, probably don't play a Rakdos deck, because you can't beat mono-green. But you'll beat all the dumb hyper-aggro decks that beat it. And then, uh, Phoenix is in a corner by itself playing with itself. Uh, which is pretty good, you know? That's a good spot to yeah. be in. Uh, that's what I think the Pioneer format currently is right now. And, like, above this circle is the blue-white control players with Yorian that think their 80-card pile is going to beat everything. Oh, man, that's so true. Uh, and then, you know, shout-outs also to, like I said, our, our boy Nate, who who also top-aided on... Uh, but, and Nate's not here, so I'm not going to say what Nate was playing. Uh, um, but... It was really funny because he was like, after the fact, after we both got knocked out around one of top eight, he sits down. And he's like, "Hey, can we can we practice matchup a bit?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, sure, no problem." And he just like takes game one, no problem. I'm like, "Yep, that's about this matchup." And then I'm like, "But we're gonna play post board now," and I'm like, "And you're not gonna win at all." And he's like, "I don't know how much better it can get for for you." And uh, after after like two games, it was like, "Yeah, no, I just can't win anymore, can I?" Right. Um. I would like to uh, also big shout outs to Chris uh, for like calling judge on me for playing correctly. Oh, Hey, listen, uh, listen, 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 <laughs> listen, listen, listen. The, he's, the, uh, he's like, surely Ricky's mono red brain couldn't uh, understand the interactions that are happening here. No, I think, I think I had a question. And then I think you, you both had a question about it because it was like, how does this card work? Cause like all the other cards like that, say like if it if it dies this turn you know the big thing being uh if spike field hazard can exile cards while you have a uh soul scar mage in play the answer of course is unfortunately no because you replace the damage with uh with a minus one counter and specifically spike field hazard does say if a card dealt dealt damage damage this way right right and Magma Spray is also worded the same way. Um, I'm not sure about Flame Blessed Bolt, but I assume so. But I have some nearby, actually. I can uh, I can check while we uh, continue on, I'm pretty sure. Thankfully, 
I will say, and I will always say this to anybody who's going to RTQs, right? Um, renegotiate the prizes at the end. If you make it to the finals, uh, both people are there for the invite, right? Uh, say the words, I'd like to restructure the prizes. This is not collusion. And then you and your opponent can try to work out what you guys think a better distribution of the prizes is. Of course, your opponent does not have to agree to anything. If they want to keep things as they are, that's their right. Uh, that's their God-given right. And uh, I hope you beat them into the dust and take it all. But, uh, you know, variance happens, and it feels really bad. If I had lost that without negotiation, I would have gotten uh, $15, and that's it. Go home. Yeah, well, you'd have gotten your promo. The tournament was also cheap to enter. This was it not was like a 30 or I'm not $50 complaining. entry. I'm definitely not complaining about the prize, but what I'm saying is like that's what that's what second place was, while first place was, you know, the foil promo, the invite, thirty dollars store credit, a coalesce gift card, uh, all the back rubs that you could imagine, right? Uh, free stay at the Sandman Motel, uh, which I think that's <laughs> not a prize. <laughs> that was across the street from yeah. this uh, game store, and I was yeah, up. it's. It's the it's the nicest quarter star hotel. It's one quarter of one star <laughs> yeah. rating on uh, on Zillow uh, that I yeah. think I've ever seen. I mean, all the windows were intact that I could see. Yeah, some of them were duct taped over, but that's still an intact window when it comes right, to ratings, right, right. right? So, all in all, I had a lot of fun. But yes, I, I will always I will always accept, and I will always try to fight for second place takes the prizes, first place takes the invite. Because that was a, I mean, that was a funny topic you, recently on Twitter. Because like some of the Magic pros were like, "I offered to redistribute. Second place gets nothing because I'm such a baller." And I was like, "Okay." And then like somebody was like, "Oh yeah, you should do that always because your opponent won't accept it, and you get a massive psychological advantage." And I was like, no. "Wow, like it's been too long since some people have gone outside." You know, like yeah, touch some grass. You know, <laughs> like, like, like enjoy your massive psychological advantage. Like. Like whatever. Like, By the way, I have a flame just, blast bolt in front of me. It says, "If that creature or planeswalker would die this turn, exile instead." Wow, so that would work. So it does not have to uh, be damaged. So that's that's what I was thinking of. I apologize. To be fair, I had intervened a lot of things that day, and I was right every time. Meanwhile, right, right. guy that complained about like not knowing what he could counter uh, got like every call wrong <laughs> that they made. Like interjected like five times and stuff. I watched and like was always wrong. And I was like, all right. So I, I was wrong one of my times on the day. The, uh, I, I don't know. I think that redistributing the prize is like very, like, it's very nice. I think it's a nice gesture, right? Of oh, course, yeah. it got my opponent super excited because also this is the way you, you, if you don't want the invite, this is also the way you go about doing this. You don't say like, I'll concede for the prizes. Don't say that. Yes. Yes. Be careful. Be very careful. Make sure you say, I'd like to redistribute the prizes. Once your opponent agrees to the prize redistribution, you then go, I'd like to concede. Uh, but so when we redistributed the prizes, uh, we agreed to that. Then my opponent looked at me and he goes, are you conceding? And I was like, uh, I'm not conceding. Is that change? Does that change everything? And he's like, no, nope, not at all. So he played really well, played really tight, uh, had definitely pimped out his deck, which was, uh, you know, always a plus. The deck is sweet. I had his list. And I'm probably going to be interviewing him, and you can put that little 10-minute interview either in this episode or next week's episode about Rakdos. Sure. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Definitely, uh, definitely do that. But all in all, I think it was a great. It was, it was just such a great weekend to get just to hang out with the boys again and just go pl- jam some magic. It like it hit me on the way home. I'm not gonna lie. The like, uh, it's been, it's been since literally 2019 since I've been able to go out and PTQ with the boys. We literally yeah. hit that last PTQ as the world was stopping. In G- like in February of the, 2020, the, the the Walmart bag open, right? The one where we were like literally there weren't masks, I don't think, but like nobody was allowed had, to bring in. We had to leave inside. our we had to leave our bags in the car. They cleaned the tables between rounds. No handshaking, no handshaking, no cutting, and like yeah. uh, and you had to leave the play area so they could re-sanitize the tables every round. Uh, yeah. That was like literally the week before the lockdown started. Um, it is uh, that's too long, man. Yeah, and also I also just want to like take a quick minute just to say like thank you for like being so chill with Marilee showing up and stuff like that. She just like had such a great time, even though like obviously she wasn't there for the whole thing, uh, which I was glad th- to see that she like got out and didn't sit at the LGS the whole time, just because like. I didn't want her to end up feeling like one of those girls that just like, yeah, I brought my girlfriend to the event. And she just like sits in the chair next to me the whole time, just like on her phone, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, while she was there, so that she, uh, she had a great time. I want to say, that. no, 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 of course not. Uh, I just always think they just kind of look bored, right? right? Like, so it was nice to just give her the car keys, and be like, all right, we'll see you in a little bit. Uh, but you know, I just want to say thank you for making her feel welcome and talking to her and stuff like that between rounds and just hanging out. And she had a great time. So it was, uh, she definitely really enjoyed it. I'm glad she to hear that. Be having a good time. It's a PTQ with the boys. That's right. She took all of our quarters. Yes, yeah, she did. Uh, Ruckman's wife is an actual uh, uh, hustler savant of quarters of against the wall. Which we actually played while waiting for a table at dinner and, like, was actually fun. And people actively not looked at us. It was great. Right. Yeah. People tried not to stare, but they, you could tell they were jealous. They, well, their they kid, were jealous. Yeah. Their kids honest. were excited. Their kids were getting hyped. Yep. Uh, but they were, like, trying to, like, not look at the DGENs, you know? Just That's in okay. time for ESPN The Ocho's return, by the way. Yeah. Quarters exactly. against the wall. Let's call them. Let's get our quarters against – let's get Merrily on a national team of quarters against the wall. Well, it'll have, it'll have to be her and Nate, right? I don't know. Nate's pretty good. It's she's, not me. He's not Merrily good. Really, I, I'd like to say, actually, I was pretty much a champion when we were using a regulation court. Sure. Uh, once we went outside to the streets, uh, you know, putting in those weird changes in elevation, you know, I, I didn't train on asphalt, you know. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I just think that uh, it really devalues the sport when you when you when you take it like that. Right. Uh huh. So I'm just saying in a pure form, Ricky, we, we took we took the sport back to its roots. Right. 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 Uh, all I'm saying is that uh, if I'm not on a French lawn court. It's not an official regulation match, right? Okay. And okay. so your win didn't count on the American Open. I only count at Wimbledon. So I I won the tiebreaker. Right. Yeah, but that wasn't that wasn't in that wasn't in an indoor arena. You just lost to the bats. Uh, the bats. The bats, baby. It's all about the bats. All in all. Uh, and yeah. Top tier time. Everybody go out, have too much fun. Uh, stay safe Hopefully though. You, COVID's still yeah. going around, so make sure you're vaxxed up. Make sure you're not uh, sitting too close to people who are coughing. You know. Yeah. Watch out for monkeypox now. That's endemic. 
stop. Unga bunga ooh ah uh, uh. Any any other last minute thoughts about RTQing? No, RTQs are great. I'm ready to play the last couple. Uh, I would be sad my boys aren't going to get all of them with me, but uh, I'll carry on like a trooper, and uh, I'll win. I'll win one for the Gipper. Yeah, hopefully I won't be at that 27th one. Maybe I'll be. Wow. Maybe I'll even actually. You know what? Win, lose, or draw. I think I'm coming. Right. Yeah. Even if I'm not playing, I think I'll be there. Just come hang out with the boys. Exactly. I gotta watch you get your qualification. That's also, right. if I qualify for Atlanta, I can officially talk my way out at not going to Flesh and Blood Nationals. There you go. Um. So don't tell Ed, but you know, <laughs> you can only afford one trip, right? Yeah, yeah. Then I just go like, I can only afford one trip, and you know, the, you know, Atlanta for Magic. You know, he's yeah. also qualified for Atlanta Magic. So like, I mean. You're still going with them. Yeah, we're still going together, you know? Yeah. Uh, All right, real quick, just to say we did it. Uh, Your challenge top eights on on, uh, Saturday, uh, 8th place Rakdos mid-range, 7th place Rakdos mid-range, 6th place Rakdos sacrifice, 5th place is at Phoenix, 4th place, uh, what is this, Ledger Shredder Phoenix? Uh, Yep. Uh, 3rd place Bant Spirit, 2nd place Rakdos mid-range, 1st place Rakdos mid-range, and uh, turns out the most played cards are Rakdos. Uh, and then on Sunday's challenge, eighth place Bant Spirit, seventh place Rakdos Sacrifice, sixth place Rakdos Mid Range, fifth place. Uh, what is this again? Is this uh, Mono Green plus Nicole Bowles Dragon God? Yes, it is. Fourth place Abzan Grease Fang, third place Turbo Titan. It's Turbo Time. Get your Arnold Schwarzeneggers in here. Uh, second place Mono Red Agar, and first place Rakdos Mid Range. So uh, links below as always if you really want to go. Dig in and look at all those Rakdos decks. Uh, do we have do we do we have a Rakdos problem? What do you guys think? Is it no? Are we too good? No, it's fine. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm not sure what you're banned for the deck. I think I think Rakdos is is very good. I think it's probably like you know we we talk about all the time like the the meta game. I think you, we're pretty defined now. I think you know again my recommendation to you if you're playing a, an RCQ one you know hey if there's a deck you've been playing a ton of you can do well with it. I mean one of the top eights this weekend was at locals right much different than online was like an aggro humans deck because like a lot of the aggro decks kind of function similarly and it was just like a black white two one deck. It wasn't like doing a bunch of like wild extraction specialists plus um other yeah, like, it, just, it was just it was like old school wars of humans yeah. we we're just playing all the two ones and stuff humans and in in kudro to to interact with some graveyards and stuff like that so i think there's a lot of decks you could play but my recommendations would be some form of red black uh mono green phoenix and then you know blue white control if you're if you're okay taking it that also seems to do do pretty well just because again you know a lot of your removal is targeted you're not having to think about like when the right turn is to wrath as much anymore you don't have as many you just have kind of you know, kind of the supreme verdict aspect and you're playing expensive planeswalker so definitely my recommendations for for playing but I, I mean I think there's new sets coming out soon let's see what happens there you know and like what do you ban like, I, I I no I don't want to ban anything right now well, I just well, think would you, like from red black you know geez. You don't. I mean, everyone's just going to shout for Thoughtseize, and it's like... That's I mean, the worst card! It is! It is! I bored Thoughtseize out so much playing the deck. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think there is anything. Like, Fable is probably, like, the ban, right? Yeah, like, if maybe. you really want to push... If you really want to push it out. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I think that, like, the Rakdos matchup is probably the matchup I would be constantly preparing for, number one. I mean, we had... 
I like at my F and M before we, we left on Saturday, right? Like half the field was Rakdos, myself included. I think the deck is just powerful. It does a it has like a good solid game plan against everything, and you just really just hard lose to mono green, and that kind of feels like it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think that like as I said, like mono green beats the Rakdos decks, both of them. Uh-huh. The Rakdos decks beat the hyper aggro decks, right? Yeah, and then uh, the hyper aggro decks beat mono green, and then blue white control and red uh, red blue phoenix are both very viable, as well as some other weird combo decks and shenanigans decks like uh, you know grease fang and stuff like that. But I think the main pillars of the format right now are mono green, hyper aggro decks, meaning the humans and the mono red and the mono blue decks, right? And then uh, the two Rakdos decks, sack and mid range. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. All right, well, gentlemen, that will do it for this week. Again, thank you all for tuning in week in, week out, and listening, helping us keep the show going. Patreon supports patreon.com slash crew3mtg. We love you. Y'all are the best. And uh, as is our solemn duty, let's finish off with a Patreon mailbag. As from Kevman91, what archetype or style of play do you think is missing from Pioneer? Why is it not seeing play? What would it take for it to see play? And my, my answer to this question is kind of always going to be uh, Reanimator. And uh-huh. I think that the graveyard hate is, is just so good, you know? There's so much. Yeah. Like, Grease Fang, Grease Fang is like about as close as it's going to get. You know right? what? You're, you're not wrong. I, I guess I kind of discounted that. Obviously, I think that's more of like a almost a combo deck, which is why I didn't quite think no. about it. But, you know, kind no, of. I, I, I agree with you. I, it's kind of in between, right? Well, I, I think ultimately I agree with you, though. <laughs> I think I think you you did make a, make a good point. I mean,. Um, yeah, I guess like you know, either look at Reanimator or like, uh, well, maybe a true combo. I guess you've got Lotus Fa- uh, Lotus Field as kind I mean, of a combo deck. I think ultimately, uh, what's missing is I'd say like some sort of like combo deck, like a combo control deck, right? Mm-hmm. Like a control deck that ends on the combo or something, right? Yeah. Or like you know, I'd say I used to say a ramp strategy, but like Mono Green is like. Oof. You know, yeah, I, I'm gonna definitely gonna stick to my answer for uh, Reanimator, but I obviously just every card exiles the graveyard now to to Ricky and I's uh, lament. You know, like your best graveyard right. strategies are Phoenix, um, which again mostly wants to like delve, uh, and then you know, like I said, your your Grease Fang, but there's you know you're not seeing a ton of like Dredge type effects, right? Obviously, we don't have Dredge, but you do have the Prized Amalgams, right? You do have Creeping Chills, you've got Narcomubis, so you've got a lot of ways to take advantage of that. You you don't see a ton of it just because the the extra graveyard hate on on really good creatures and the fact there are certain decks that use the graveyard uh, makes them kind of like a target, even if it's kind of ancillary. Like the cards that exile the graveyard are just so good on their own. Like you might as well just play them, you know, mostly Cemetery uh, or a Graveyard Trespasser, whatever that card is. Right. Yeah. 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 I, man, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of torn. I mean, I think you're both right in your choices. Um, There's no real like battle cruiser deck. Yeah. Battle. I, I was thinking like battle cruiser or like, you know, a bigger, uh, like a higher end mid range deck. It's like, yeah, people call Rakdos mid range, but like it really just curves out at three outside of a couple cards. But so there's no like, you know, play my big five drop Gargaroth or something like that type of deal. Just kind of win the game that way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think there's a lot of decks like that are pretty open, right? Yeah. I think, I think a lot pioneer covers a lot of what people 
want to see in magic. I just think like it's n- they're not generally in the form that people want to play, right? Look, like, I, I found my people, answer. People want to play that kind of tempo tribal deck, but they don't want it to be spirits or humans. They want it to be merfolk. Like I think we see a lot of cases of that where Pioneer has a lot of the archetypes people want to play in magic. It's not generally the exact version of that archetype they want to play. There's no pod style deck. Pyre Humans kind of does it. Does it really, though? That's just a bad version of an existing humans deck. There's there's enigmatic incarnation, you know? You can, yeah, no, I guess there too. is. I guess there is. All right, I well, mean, Pioneer's you know, pretty Pine. sweet. Like, I think yeah. this, this question's no, kind of tough to, like, like, for funsies, you can play so many cool decks. Like, at Locals, like, I've played, like, you know, uh, Torrential Gear Hulk Magma Opus, right? I've played that. I played like combo creativity. I've played soul tie control. I've played Phoenix. Uh, I've played red white. Like I played so many different decks and I really can't say that in any other format ever. Like when you commit to a modern deck, it was so expensive. You had to play it. Right. And that's been true for a long time. Like imagine like Tarmogoyfs were so expensive. Vendillion clicks were $35 a piece. Like the price of modern was insane. And so like never have I been able to play as many decks as I have now, not even in standard. And, like, there's been standards where I've had a couple kind of cool decks, but, like, I've played so many different kinds of decks in Pioneer that, like, we really are in a good place, and I'm really just kind of excited to see, like, what I want to play going forward. Like, I think the one thing you could say is, like, maybe artifacts because of Karn. Like, and I just say that because I think Dominaria is going to bring some cool stuff out, but I think there's going to be some cool, like, artifact-centric decks that aren't just Emery uh, going forward, hopefully, hopefully with Dominaria in the coming sets. Uh, also, real quick, hey, we didn't mention it, but uh, shouts to Ian for just rocking Orzov Auras. Oh yeah, yeah. He uh, the he deck got me is pretty good. The deck is still like ran like he he definitely like got me game one, and then we just kind of bore the extra removal right. But like, man, if uh, Kaya's Ghost Form Light Pause is real scary. Yeah, and like several matchups, he wasn't playing the one of uh, the Lifelink Enchantment. And uh-huh. uh, he was kind of like, somebody brought it up to him and he was kind of like, oh, cool. So like, if he had that going forward, just like a one-off to help in some of the aggro matchups, I think he'd be in good shape. Plus, he doesn't play a ton. He was coming to, to hang out with us and celebrate birthdays and hang out with the boys. So Ian uh, represented well. Yeah, I thought I thought it was definitely a great weekend for all the boys involved. And uh, again, uh, but also, though, Kevin, thank you for the question. If you want to have your question read out on the show, be sure to sign up for that Patreon patreon.com slash crew3mtg three great tiers available and swag bags for july are going to be going out this week because we had a fun include we got we wanted to throw in that i was able to pick up from ricky so sorry for the late but those will be going out and uh yeah maybe there'll be more cool stuff coming up in the next few months of swag bags as i go through some fun stuff that ricky gave me uh anyway thank you all for listening as always gentlemen where can the listeners at home find you on socials you can find me on uh, the good old tweeters at it's underscore Christmas. Christmas has no T. You can find me on Twitter uh, at also Steve. Uh, you'll see me uh, making all sorts of uh, garbage noise about uh, games I don't play. <laughs> and you can find me, of course, at Crew 3 Podcast on Twitter. And you can also find me holding the Pioneer Progression Series Postage on our YouTube channel, Crew 3 MTG. And uh, just letting our Twitch channel collect dust. But hopefully we'll get Ricky stuff on that soon. And uh, yeah, I kind of want to go back to – I'm probably not going to get like a big full-time stream schedule again. But I kind of want to do like once-a-month fun streams like the wrestling and things like that again. Uh, so yeah, and of course, if you're looking for more great Pioneer content, be sure to check out 
myself, Ricky, and the rest of our friends over at playingpioneer.com. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.